You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from the fields of Trenzalore, where the doctor stands. Okay, Vocal Fam. I promise this week I won't forget to put a theme song on, like I did, <laughs> the, like I sort of did last week, and then I didn't, and then I did, and then I didn't. Um, well, anyway, spicy. but you know that's this podcast, Vocal Fam. That's who we are, right, Sarah? Yeah. Yeah, Sarah. We have the wonderful group of women from Singing Through Change with us on the podcast today. We are so excited about it. They've got some incredible things coming up, including mm-hmm. the Celebrate Singing uh, for Women in Midlife and Beyond conference, virtual, and it's a lot of great stuff to tell us about. Um, but so. Nancy, Kate, Joanne, either welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast for the first time. We're thrilled to have you all. Um, I'm going to let each of them introduce themselves, um, just so Vocal Fam, you know whose voice you're hearing when you hear it. And and we're going to just go in alphabetical order. So Nancy, you're up first. Hey, thanks. Um, It's awesome to be here. My name is Nancy Boss, and I'm coming to you from New Mexico, I've been an independent singing teacher for over 25 years and some academic as well, but my greatest joy has been writing books about singing. And uh, this singing through change has been really mm, life-changing for me, I'm sure for my co-authors, and hopefully for lots and lots of people out there. Great. Joanne? Okay, I'm Joanne Bozeman. I'm uh, coming to you from northeastern Wisconsin, (laughs) Appleton to be specific. I am a singing teacher. Uh, I taught at Lawrence University Conservatory of Music for 26 years, but prior to that and uh, continuing on, uh, independent voice teacher and mainly with uh, young adults that's been my main population, including college age. But I got interested in this um, because I had a rough time with my voice in perimenopause and a little bit beyond. Uh, menopause and so that's how I got into this but I've always been interested in voice health and one thing that is a little weird about me is that when my kids were little I was a childbirth educator and prenatal instructor so I got into you know like body parts and yeah. reproduction and 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 this kind of thing earlier in my life my life as well so it kind of was a good join with with this later in life uh, well, well welcome welcome back to vocal fry and Kate Hi, I'm Kate Frazier Neely, and I'm coming to you from about four miles north of Washington, D.C. in the state of Maryland. Um, And I am a singing teacher and a singing voice specialist and a former performer and a former bilateral paresis patient and published composer. And uh, and choral conductor, and I am so thrilled to be here with these two women who changed my life and it came into my life at a time when I kind of thought everything was over because of the hormonal changes I was experiencing. And so it's thank you so much for having us on, so we can get on our favorite soapbox and share it. <laughs> well. I've wanted to do this episode for a long time because uh, when when Joanne and her husband Ken were on campus for us in 2019, which I think is 78 years ago, um, uh, th- th- this book was, I think you all had a draft written maybe by that point, uh, something like that? Uh, yeah, I think we were about halfway through the book yeah. at that point. I, I don't think it was published yet no. though, by that point, um, but uh, Joanne was kind of talking about it a little bit and, and um, I've kind of wanted to have you all on since then mm-hmm. um, and and we're glad we could finally make it happen uh, and of course uh, eventually we can also just mention that you're also presenting on this at Nats National um, as a Nats cast podcast we always like to mention that as well you know um, I gotta tell you uh, you, you, premiered, you premiered this topic with that episode where Joanne was talking about it is that right she she got back to us later and she says oh and and I did this and we're like oh, whoa so, vocal go? fam you you heard it about here first yeah, uh, yes. listen, yeah, you did. Uh, we didn't you know, even know we always try to break uh, hot topics so there you go and and I will say you know before we even get into the genesis of how you all got started with this I, I think the response to the book has been amazing oh my personally. Gosh. Um, you know, sometimes, as as anyone would know who's written before, 
you write a book and it goes into a vacuum. It's kind of like <laughs> writing an article in Journal of Singing. Sometimes you're like, oh, good, I got an article in Journal of right. Singing. Oh. No one reads it. Oh. Um, I mean, you know, some of us may have had an article in, uh, in, in the volume that got published literally like a week before the pandemic hit. And so, uh, you know, what but oh. uh, so, so you read our article in the January, February Journal of Singing. You read that one then? For <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh-huh. I read all. Anyway, uh, let's not talk about my life in January and February of 2022 um uh so anyway how did you all meet like what brought what brought y'all together what what's the what's the story there well if you don't mind if i start um nancy boss and i had met in michelle's speakeasy cooperative Mm -hmm. and at that at that time it's not the same way now but at that time we were two of the older more experienced teachers in the group and so we kind of gravitated to each other and i had been interested in hormones and singing for many years and had tried when i was president of the maryland dc chapter of nats to gather together martha randall who then was chapter president and a gynecologist and some other interested people to do a study but i lacked the skills for that so that went nowhere um and i ended up doing a a a a presentation called reframing menopause for singers for peter jake's peter jacobson's group which is an alexander technique group and nancy attended and afterwards she contacted me she said we need to write a book (laughs) and i said okay and um and then how we got joanne in i'm going to let Nancy talk about, because this is pretty interesting. Joanne and I had only met briefly on one of the forums and we had bonded over vocal full paresis. But it's because I had mentioned something and then she reached out to me and I thought, oh, this is a really nice lady <laughs> without knowing anything about her. So anyway, Nancy. Well, I'll let Joanne tell the, the back end of the story, but the front end, how, how Joanne and I met was at um, Ken Bozeman's first summer camp. And um, Joanne said that she was a meno soprano. And that just cracked me up. I laughed about that for about two years until I was sitting next to Joanne at a conference and I'm going to let her take it from there. Yeah, this this is the fun part. So <laughs> we we were not paying complete attention to the presentation that was going on, <laughs> kind of off to the side. And I, th- I remember you sort of slipping in beside me. Totally. <laughs> and leaning over and saying, Kate Fraser Neely and I, I want to write a book about singers and menopause. Would you be interested in joining us? And I went like, you know, let's out of the blue. <laughs> and I went, what? But it, you know, I was very uh, stricken with the idea. I had, I had written an, an article for classical sing- singer. I think it was like, in 2005, I was recruited to do that. And I, I wrote it, and at the time, it, things were so well, fresh for me. And so I wrote it without my name being attached to it. I would, these days, I don't care, you know. And I would rewrite parts of that article, though I stand sure. by it, but I would rewrite yeah. some of it for, uh, based on what we know now. Um, after all these years and our own research and talking to many women. But at any rate, um, I, I, I was very interested. And then we, we got together at the Pavasta. It sounds like a pot, an Italian, Italian dish. dish. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yes, we, I, in 2018, right? Yeah. yeah and that's about when, right. When we yeah. met, we, we went to McMinniman's in Seattle across the street from the Space Needle. And the three of us sat together in one of those wooden booths and discussed what our motivation was for mm-hmm. all the work all the work we were just about to put in. And this was the first time the three of us had ever been together. Um, And my motivation um, has been my motivation since the beginning of me teaching singing. And that is, um, it's, it's a really common one that everyone has the right to sing. And yet women are going silent past midlife. The, the, the rock stars get off the stage. The Broadway stars get off the stage. Is it because of discrimination in the industry or is it because of something the women are going through? The women in the church choir kind of fade to the background. They stop getting the solos. That really bothered me. So I wanted to get to the bottom of how can I, because I was in my 40s at that time, be an active singer for the next 50 years. That was my motivation. And this is Kate, my motivation, and I was very honest about it. I said, I'm angry. I've been angry for a very long time. 
and I need a mighty creative act to transform that anger into something beautiful mm-hmm. because it's going to destroy me. Um, and it, it, the, the, I don't need to go into what I had experienced, but women's health is a joke and it's better than it used to be. It is better than it used to be, but everything about the medical community until fairly recently has been based on young men's bodies. From the way we respond to medication, to what our symptoms are, Mm -hmm. to uh, the speaking voice, and let alone hormone changes. And there had been, we knew something about pregnancy and hormones, you know, while a woman is still fertile and useful to the culture. Okay, watch out. I know. <laughs> so I, I will not swear, but the the uh, but but the power that comes in after you are no longer fertile has been neglected because we no longer serve society the way society needs us to function. Mm. So that that was a lot. My poor husband living with that all. <laughs> but but he didn't know what's going on. I didn't know what was going on. I yeah. wanted to find out what was going on. And I think it was a balm for me to be able to just say that. And these two understood it and said, heck yeah. Yeah. So. And I, I, I remember that. So <laughs> sitting in that booth, you know, and and I, I don't know who said it, but you, one of you said, we want to base it on women's actual stories about their experiences. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, I said, I'm in because studies and numbers and clinical measurements and don't tell the whole story because they are a moment in time in a particular group of people you know they take a group of pre-menopause a group of post-menopause and they compare those two things Mm -hmm. and most of the time those people that they're looking at are not women and they're not I mean, sorry, they're not singers. They're not singers. And we're an unusual population because the stuff we ask of our voices, the, you know, the measurement tools they use, in, including the self-assessment tools, are not specific yeah. or sensitive enough to, to, talk, to, to uh, measure, to respond to the kinds of changes that women are talking about. So um, anyway, I was, I was delighted about that. So it was... Uh, Long, how long did it take? Two years? Almost two years. Well, from that point, yeah, from that point, we, we just, uh, we just, yeah. And, and I do want to say something about that, about being a singing teacher and writing a book. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I will come out and say, I wouldn't have been able to do it if I didn't have a partner supporting me financially. Mm-hmm. And this could be, a man who's a singing teacher who wants to write a book and and the partner is supporting financially. Women have to find creative ways to create their businesses. This is why we're in Speakeasy, so that it is self-sustaining and so that you can plan to have the finances you need to write a book when your main source of income you can't keep up at the same rate you have been in order to have time to write something like this. Yeah. So, so um, I do throw that out there um, because I'd like to see women become more creative about finding their funding or creating it themselves. Yeah, I took a part-time job as the director of operations for Vasta during that period so that I would have stable income so that I could mm. write, write. Yeah, I totally get you, Kate. I want to mention also that you know we're w- women have been looking at the subject uh, in um, both as some research science, science voice researchers, but mainly I want to call out some of our sisters who are academics: Barbara Fox DeMaio, Kathy Price, um, of course, I'm going to Vindicare, uh, and others whose names I'm neglecting. Uh, oh, uh, Richie. Um, I forget her first name. Anna, Anna Rich and Richie. Yeah, I believe. And there, I'm, I'm sure there are others that I'm neglecting. They have written uh, their uh, theses, theses, or and or their uh, doctoral dissertations. dissertations. And there's a lot of good material there. It doesn't necessarily get published 
but they're, you know, Kathy Price did a huge study huge. on pre, peri, and postmenopausal yeah. singers. Um, I was pre- part of that study, and I didn't even know what she was doing. Yeah, I mean, that's how clueless I was. Which you can actually hear more about that on Kathy's episode of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 307 women. I mean, there's nothing like it, and she. It's she, a huge she, N number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a wonderful piece of, of of information which we used as we as we wrote the book and as we've continued to present as well. And Barbara's was Barbara's was specifically looking at that in perf, like professional singers, I the elite singers, singer. the elite, the elite singers. singer, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's all all together. We need we need all the viewpoints. Sure. Of yeah. course. Of course. Of course. So so how how would you say that your book if someone's considering buying your book like like what are they really getting themselves into I mean because this isn't like a traditional like voice pedagogy book so like what what um, you know why would someone buy this book you know um, one of our reviewers for the book is a is a male doctor and he said that this is a book that every man should read and I love that because it's a it's a gentle introduction to what could be really challenging for the females in your life, whether that's your partner or your mom or your sister, it's it's something that every human should know about. So um, Joanne uh, said, I, sh- I should hand it off to you. She said that we thought we were going to write a book. What was it, Joanne, about singing and menopause? Mm-hmm. About hormones and singing, yeah. That's right. We ended up writing, in my opinion, a book about menopause from the perspective of singing um, because it's so much more complicated than just fluctuations in estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. It's a lot more life stuff, so. And you know, in traditional pedagogy, vocal pedagogy assumes a certain baseline of laryngeal and vocal fold function. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. What happens when that baseline has been interrupted? I'm not even talking about vocal injury or vocal pathology. I'm talking about its basic function, the fluctuations, Women's bodies fluctuate not only day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, but through these phases. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a little bit more, I think, um, maybe not complicated isn't the right word, but you need to become acutely aware of how to connect with your voice on a day to day basis. You almost might say it's more nuanced. I, yes, that, thank you. Nuanced. I love that. Nuanced, and, yeah. yeah. Sometimes a truck in the face, actually. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I, I think that uh, as we interviewed our 56 six cisgendered females, that mm-hmm. as we unfolded these stories and looked at them, we I think we all of a sudden went, ooh, this is a lot more complicated than we were expecting. We heard some amazing, compelling stories, some including real heartbreaking trauma and... Mm-hmm. Uh, all, because we didn't just ask them about their voices. We asked them about their life, their lifestyle. We invited them to share trauma if they were um, uh, open to that. But we heard things we weren't expecting. And I, one of my favorite things uh, to happen was I was talking to a professor of anthropology at my university who does qual- qualitative research. And I said, I, I kind of explained what we were doing. And she thought, oh, that's really a wonderful project. And I said to her, and I said, it's, it's getting kind of messy. It's not very tidy. And she mm-hmm. said, if it's not messy, I won't believe you. So that's part and parcel of it. That's kind of normal. But I think we, we were able to tease out, you know, where it seemed to be more hormonally and sometimes the voice health thing. So actually, there's a lot of voice health advice in the book. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I wasn't expecting that walk it back a little bit and say the basic structure of the book is that we, we gathered all the scientific research we could and we gathered all the stories that we could and we wrote a book that wraps those two things together I think in a very complimentary way so that it's an engaging book where you actually care about the 56 characters that show up in this nonfiction yeah. book through their stories but we're delivering the facts at the same time and then we have um, plenty of breakout boxes you know that, that isolate the facts as well. So if someone is looking for a how to sing book <laughs> this isn't the book for that. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, uh, and it, it is always, um, and since most of us, all of us here are voice scientists as well as artists, as well as teachers, it will always be up to the teachers to take the science and have it make sense for the individual in front of yeah. them and for themselves. Of course. And a lot of people want exercises. What are the exercises? And on our forum, 
um, we got a lot of questions and people were very willing to answer and give their experiences, but the three of us have not done that because that, as you know, is not where the magic happens. The magic happens in that interchange between the teacher and the singer and the teacher and the student or the teacher and the colleague or however it is and the person in front of you and all those variables. And a, a master teacher takes all that in and comes out with something clear and direct that's useful in the moment. And it, it might not be that exercise. So we did have one person, this was rather disappointing. Mm -hmm. um, we did have one person crit criticize us for not having exercises. And we say it in the book we and she was she was a um, medical doctor and voice teacher who wrote for a medical journal right nancy i i think i think so anyway we didn't use her review <laughs> and and it says right at the beginning of the book this is not a how to sing book but if people want to know how estrogen affects the throat and the structures and the inner ear and all the organs if they want to know what progesterone's role is mm -hmm. in in the, if they want to know what androgens do it's it's really rather fascinating because we have lists of what these hormones are responsible for in your vocal folds in your larynx in your respiratory system <laughs> in your brain function and uh, you'll you'll just it, don't let the easily accessible style, which was actually very hard to collaborate to write, <laughs> don't let that fool you into thinking this is a, a nothing of a book. Uh, we made a decision, and Nancy drove this. We made a decision to write for the average adult, and it turned out to be something that our colleagues and our academic friends wanted to read. And also for the ESL, for the English as a Second right. Language adults, mm -hmm. we wanted to make sure anyone in the world oh, who wow. could read English could understand this book. That's a great point, actually, too. Right. I mean, but but so, I mean, but that does, I mean, so, I mean, it's not a how to sing book, but it's certainly a book that could, that could heavily influence a voice teacher's perspective if they're teaching this population. Yes. I would say it's a kind of a critical read to have the perspective. I was very, you know, just, just uh, I, I have not taught a, a large population of aging voices. Um, I spend most of my time teaching mm, about half and half between 30 to 50 year old voice teachers and 30 to 40 year old voice teachers and half of my time teaching 18 to 24 year old you know aspiring singers. Um, but uh, I had right when I actually when Joanne was on campus I had had a client come to me who I won't identify obviously but who had come to me who had been prescribed a way too high dose of testosterone mm -hmm. as part of mm -hmm. her uh, hormone therapy and what came to me because she wanted to regain her soprano range uh, and so it was very poignant that i knew y'all were coming out with this and whatever and i was able to refer them to your for your your for facebook forum because um, this was before I think the book was even published mm -hmm. and um, and then recommend the book to them so that at least they would have I think the thing going back to like a point y'all made way back uh, I think Kate you were talking about like the idea of like women's health kind of being a, a joke and I we obviously didn't realize that you don't mean that women's health is a joke but that the way women have been treated in terms of health care has maybe not been uh, Thank adequate. you for that clarification. It's, yes. it's maybe not been <laughs> adequate, but I think one of the things that that people have felt is alone. They've yeah, they've felt they, they felt isolated, mm -hmm. and because it wasn't talked about, it wasn't um, it's it's not clear. And let's admit that many of us, because those of us who have been really heavy at one point in our lives, doctors like to shame people, and they they do. And I'm sure that has happened with women as they age. I'm certain of it. Um, and, and, and so, I mean, that's not to say all doctors are that way, obviously. But um, I think people end up feeling isolated and alone. And, and so, I mean, I think it's really great that you've been able to create this community in a way around this and provide this resource, not just to singers or singing teachers, because there are people who love singing who 
love singing. They don't study voice. They don't, they're not a voice teacher, but they love singing. Singing is a vital function of human existence and culture. And, um, you know, that, that you've been able to perhaps reinvigorate a population of people who maybe felt like that was taken from them, I think is a really beautiful thing. And I just wanted to say that to you all. Thank you. Thank um, you. So where can people buy the book? Because I want to talk about the conference too, but where can people buy this book? Yeah, the best the best thing to do is to go through sing, to the website, singingthroughchange.com. Okay. And then anywhere in the world that you are, you'll be able to see where to buy it. And also, it's available in audiobook. So if you like my voice, you'll like the audiobook. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is Nancy. And if you like, um, if you like listening to audiobooks, you'll find it on every every audiobook, um, uh, whatever you use. Audible, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Audible, et cetera. Audible, et cetera. Yeah, there's lots of competition in the audiobook world. So, yeah, I'm singing through sure. change. Dot com. And, and I will say we have other resources on there. The articles that we've published. Um, uh, we have some videos on there that I regret. Really bad hair days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, had, we, had, we, we got together in January of 20. 20 in, yes. wow. in Austin. This was before COVID hit. That was like, yeah. that was like 68 right. years ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we got together in Austin, Texas. And we had a writer's retreat for a long weekend. And we tried to make some videos. <laughs> We were doing too much in one weekend. It was. We were trying to do too much one weekend, and also I can't speak for my colleagues, but I was very awkward on video. But the content, it really was. I wasn't my. I wasn't my son. Let's put it that way. We understand. There's a reason we're a podcast. Listen, this is an audio platform, (laughs) and none of these videos ever start seeing anywhere. The reason we just talk, as we like to say, this is a radio show. This is. This is not Sarah. You and I have come in looking pretty dumpy to do this show. Uh, <laughs> not you, but me. I've, no, no, I have to. Uh, um, no. uh, if, so if I anyway. could, if I could pop in with please two things. Um, first of all, one um, one of the things that became clear when we talked to a larger group of people, women, and also looking at their longitudinal journeys, because a lot of them were already already through it, because we sure. were looking mm. at beyond as well. And there is a pattern that we don't really read about, even in the professional um, voice care journals, is that, well, number one, some people do not have trouble with their voices in perimenopause or menopause. They just breeze right through. We've talked to them and we wish them well. And you say, woo. Sure. And we go, that's just fantastic. And there are some that, (sighs) eh, you know, it's like, I don't know, I had some trouble for a while. And then as things seem to settle down. And then we have some that really had quite a difficult time of it and perhaps career changing difficulties and why it breaks down like that I don't know other than it mirrors the menopausal experience in general where some women breeze right through and they just stop menstruating it's like ta-da and then there are some who eh, not good you know it's it's icky and there's some that really are um, it's debilitating the menopausal journey. Okay, so I think the voice journey kind of mirrors those things. There's so many mysteries. We don't know why. Um, And, you know, of course, of course, lifestyle changes, exercise, work environment, that all plays into it. But yet, yet. we we know plenty of women, some of us included, who have very clean lifestyles. Good technique. It it did help. It did help, but it didn't prevent from having pretty debilitating experiences before, during, and after. Right, and then, but the other, the sort of the good news part of it is that we've also talked to a number of women, and I'm one of those, who after menopause takes place, hormones settle into a new environment. We have more steady state, you know. Uh, we have a baseline then. We have a yeah. baseline mm-hmm. then, and the voice seems to calm down. It's less, yeah. it's, if you, you feel like somebody's, less pulling the rug out of your voice every day and you're not renegotiating the condition of the voice every week and it calms down it's a much more stable time to renegotiate your vocal technique and so that that is something that is not out there and that is something we talk about all the time when we present people need to know that you know everybody's experience is a little bit different but we've I love to see the studied. I love to see longitudinal uh, approach to studying the voice during this time because it's an over ten year period. Uh, yeah. and, you know, you you you've stepped onto my biggest pet peeve in this field is that 
menopausal voice or perimenopausal voice is not aging voice. There can be a gap there. If a, if a younger woman goes into menopause in her 20s, she may have a gap of 25 years before she even thinks about aging voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so really they cannot be lumped together. And there is likely going to be a calm before the changes for aging voice. That's a great point I, that, that I had not considered. That's a great absolutely. point. And also I mean, a lot of women in their 20s are on IUDs yes. and other yeah. forms, and that puts them into a perimenopausal state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have their own hormones and then they have the medical hormones. And so there is, uh, yeah. Ah, and it screws up their voices. I, I work with a lot of women like this. Yeah, that's something that hasn't been really looked at. Well, because I don't think they had- for that matter. Like, Right. You know, when you're going to the doctor discussing forms of like birth control and things mm-hmm. like that, honestly, even if you bring up like, well, I'm a singer and I want to take that into account, you're, you're, I mean, no offense, but most of them are just like, oh, well, this shouldn't do much, but like, uh, yeah, that, like that's I don't act- know. Yeah. Um, Vin Ducaria is going to have a breakout, break, one of those breakfast groups at mm-hmm. Nats talking about the Morena coil, which is a progesterone. Right progestin uh, type uh, IUD. And this is something that is probably new <laughs> to consider because some women have trouble with it, you know, trouble with it and some don't. So I here's my number two thing I wanted before we go on to the celebrate singing. And this is just hot off the presses. We just celebrated our second birthday, Singing Through Woo-hoo! Change, was Yay. released uh, April 12th, two years ago, 2020, in the middle of lots of change. Um, and what, what changes? Oh, Sorry, not, not I don't know, some virus thing. I don't know. Something. At any rate, um, and so what we did, we just had a little celebration, and each of us had a little, um, a tiny little paragraph on the Singing Through Change uh, Facebook page, and some people responded, and, and a lot of people liked, and it was just a nice way to kind of put a bow on it. But one of these comments that came in, I would love to read to you, and I do have Please. her permission. She's a singer who lives in Australia. She said, singing through change has helped me feel optimistic and gently in control of my changing voice. I had felt a lot of shame and frustration as a singer and teacher that I couldn't tame the wild beast, my perimenopausal voice. Reading this book helped dissolve the shame and emotional pain I was feeling and there was a real sense of loss there and gave me the tools, ideas and resources to move forward to sing with joy and confidence. I will always be so very grateful for this book and the supportive community. Oh, wow. I, I missed that. that. That is beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I said, it that. just warmed my heart. Well, and it makes sense because, I mean, we talk about, I feel like fairly often we mention how, like, your voice is so personal. And so I would think your voice changing, your voice, like, like you said, from week to week, mirroring what you're going through in life, like, that's just all around difficult because you're not just you know struggling with your identity vocally but i would think period again i I mean i haven't gotten there yet but that's something that you know looking forward to that you you consider i mean it's there you you know it's coming but sarah how wonderful that you even are thinking about these things i mean you know i don't know uh, i i'm pretty sure i speak for my colleagues when we were your age we weren't thinking about that, and probably, and our own mothers were probably were going through it, and you know they were well, and not talking about it, and not talking about it, and behaving weirdly a lot of mm-hmm. the time. Um, so it's it's really wonderful. I can't. My daughter's thirty, and I can't get her to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I was just with my old older child, my oldest child, and who is I hope she doesn't mind if I say this, but she's. <laughs> She's 41 and she's a singer, but she's not a professional singer. She has another trade. But, you know, we were sort of, the subject came up and she said, you know, I have been noticing that I get hot and sweaty at night. And I said, and I, I just thought I was getting hot. And I said, honey, you're on your way because that those kinds of symptoms, those early menopausal symptoms can happen in the late reproductive phase when periods mm-hmm. are regular. And, you know, so, yeah, it's it's not too early. So I sent her some stuff. I said, read this and don't, uh, you know, and wear different kinds of pajamas that are more comfortable. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I bought them for her. <laughs> yep. On that um, note. Some of us are, some of us are also <laughs> 41 and uh, recognizing some things. Uh, anyway, not, not. In are my you s- going to go through the change too? No, no. It's a different thing altogether. But uh, some of us live with people. Anyway. Um, right. Yeah. 
So yeah. anyway, uh, fantastic. Um, you know, just such a great resource uh, that we should all uh, absolutely have on our shelves and, and actually read. Maybe not just listen, vocal fam. I mean, it is don't, a pretty book. Don't do don't don't just buy it and then just let it sit there. Actually, buy it and read it, or buy the yeah. audible book or the audio book, and and you know actually Love listen a good to it. Book. Um, you know, I would imagine actually, particularly uh, listening to those the, the stories part of this uh, with Nancy's dulcet tones, um, <laughs> you know, would be lovely. Um, anyway, okay, so let's talk about the celebrate singing conference that you're doing. T- t- tell us about this. How did this come about? I'm excited to talk about this. So, th- what we realized with the the Facebook group, which grew to a massive size, what was it? Uh, thousands. Twenty six. Twenty six hundred. Twenty six. Awesome. Thousands. All from all people. over. Plus all an Instagram world. account of a thousand. That's right. Right. So all these people are there because they're craving more. Right. And and the book is a moment in time, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I set up this division of my company called Celebrate Singing based on uh, we had a conference one year ago that hundreds of people came to. So it was an online summit and it was about this topic of celebrating women's voices in midlife and beyond. And it, it was such a, a big deal to have this community together that um, my, I, I hired a division manager to, to handle this, and we have events now every, at least every other month, if not every month, uh, education and community building events around the idea of women singing through midlife menopause and beyond. And of course, we needed to do a second annual conference <laughs> summit, and that is happening on April 22nd and 23rd online. What the a lineup. That's yeah, awesome. what a lineup is right, and we're going to be covering um, how specific singers' journeys have empowered them, so, so more stories, how to enhance the physical and neurological changes that can cause the voice to, you know, change, um, how to optimize your food choices, nutritionist on the panel, um, menopausal symptoms and how they should be dealt with a bit, why aging and menopause affect the voice differently, and mind-body connection methods. So it's, it's a holistic conference focused on the voice, and uh, the website is... Celebrate singing dot l i v e celebrate singing dot live and uh, not to tell you the the lineup that you all have is phenomenal. <laughs> this is uh yeah I, I I actually I don't have the website open if you want to go there go for it. But yeah, uh, one thing, yeah, I can, one thing I can, that I appreciated about uh, appreciated about the way uh, Nancy and the division manager set this up last year was there was an effort to get people singing and involved yeah. and talking. There were breakout groups to talk that were led by different people. There was even a breakout group for men. Ah. And um, and I think they ended up talking about their own midlife hormonal changes, but that's okay. That, that's okay too. That's yeah. valid. And um, you know there was there was so it wasn't all just sitting and listening to to talking mm-hmm. and a lot of the presenters last year which did include Joanne and I had participatory things happening so I think it would be a lot like that this year too I think it will be and and we're clearing out Joanne and Kate and I are not presenting at it this year because there's other voices that need to be heard so I'll give the keynote but that's I mean the the welcome keynote but that's that's it so Phenomenal. Like Geneva Williams, yep. Joanna Kasdan. Yeah. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the name of the doctor? Her, her, she's got a terrific background. Okay, so uh, uh, the um, Dillian, uh, Dillian is the is the one of the otolaryngologists I work with at Hopkins. Yeah. Awesome. Right. But I there's mean, also an uh, menopause doctor. And there's yeah, there is Jan Carley is um, with the Sweet Adelines. There's two two different Sweet Adelines, um, and the doctor is um, she goes she goes by Vinnie Dillon um, because her first name is almost unpronounceable. <laughs> that, that's the one I was just talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, uh, it, it, so how so they they can register on the website? Yep, and um, the celebrate singing dot live, and I need to give you a discount code for that. So, Nick, why don't we talk about something else, and I'll look up that discount code. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, we love it. I just posted that on the Singing Through Change site. Is that oh, the one you're? Is that the one you're yes. thinking about? For it, do you know it? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. Well, for that. Well, well, yeah. Nancy is looking for that. Um, I know we're cramming a lot into this time, but are we also going to talk about 
the NATS conference because we're presenting on different material. Oh, absolutely. Really? Please tell us what you're talking about at NATS so that we can send. What, what day are you all presenting on? We're on Friday. Friday. Oh, Friday. phenomenal. Okay. Oh, you got the good slot. You didn't well, get I don't know. It's at 5, 5.30 in the evening on Friday. Oh, still pretty good. Okay. Uh, it's Friday. still pretty good. I hope I'm coherent. My husband and I will be flying directly from Madrid to Chicago. Whoa. So I will be feeling fancy and tired. Um, but I do want to say Nancy in this presentation is going to start it with a recap, a very short 10 or 15 minute recap to bring people up to speed if they haven't read the book or just haven't focused on the topic yet. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Joanne, why don't you tell them what you're doing and then I will end. Okay, I'm trying to send Nancy this code. Um, oh, okay. Well, let's keep talking. This is perfect. Don't worry. This okay. is this Boom. is a beautiful representation okay. of this podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we are multitasking. Oh, you can make it. Uh, well, you caught me, Kate. I, okay. I think I'm going to be talking about more recent research yep. that more is, recent has come yeah. out and that yeah. we're anticipating because there's a wonderful study going on. Uh, as we speak in Spain, I had it up by uh -huh. Philippe Alain and her wow. team there, and it's geared toward our population of singers. Not just singers, but but and I, I hope to meet her in Madrid. Yeah. Uh, that's just a byproduct of why we're going over. But right. um, we're really, we're really excited, and you know she has uh, top-rate voice researchers there. And let's see, um, I'll be talking about that. And I, um, Nancy, helped me here. No, well, mainly that research, and then you had said something about femtech. Yeah, but that you know, it's kind of indirectly. I think it's like what what is it about female bodies, XX bodies and brains, and how singing and those things are unique. I think it's more of I would I would think of it more of a um, looking at it as these special bodies that we have and our special hormonal situation. I'm going to give one tiny, uh, this is, I'm going to give you a cheat. Um, there's a wonderful book that has come out uh, in the past year. So it's, it's a thousand pages long. Mm -hmm. It's a handbook on singing. The editors are fabulous and I know all of them. And I thought, you know, I was presenting on uh, periods, pregnancy, breastfeeding, and postpartum in a recent presentation, and the voice, what we know. And I thought, oh, I bet there's something in this big fat book. And by the way, I recommend it. It's fantastic. I thought, oh, let's look at pregnancy and voice. And there were a couple pages, and I flipped to them. And they were about how the mother's voice influences the developing fetus, which is a lovely thing, but there wasn't one word about how singing whilst pregnant may mm -hmm. have an impact on singing and the voice and that like what <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah. I these connections which seem obvious to us are not being made even yeah. among even among teachers who are singers mm -hmm. and which, which, which just shows how the culture has has helped keep us blind to this i think Popping back to femtech, that is a that is a um, coming together of corporate America or product America with the needs of women who are going through issues like this. So when when you're talking femtech, you might be talking about things like um, uh, apps that monitor what what you are from day to day, how you're yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah. Or you're also talking about. Um, uh, things that we can use for hydration for our throats because dry throat for a menopausal woman is very different than any other kind of dry throat and you cannot solve it by drinking more water it's a completely okay. different animal um, and and you know things like what kind of uh, fabric can I use in my outfit for when I'm having a hot flash during Verdi you know and so <laughs> mm -hmm. what kind of it, waterproof makeup what did I wear actually I had a friend who was talking about that they both did not they were both hot flashing whilst singing a concerto or something, yeah. mm -hmm. or a concert, and they both were sweating like, huh, and the makeup was. Yeah, <laughs> that so, may seem like a small thing, but it for can, singers, even the effect of the pelvic floor and bladder health, right, bladder that can happen oh. in your forties, and yes. like, how does support feel when you, things feel odd in the pelvic floor region, which is yeah. an effect of changing hormones. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, these kinds of things we haven't really looked at. Really quick, I'm going to read something that this from, thank, thank you, Nancy, you sent me this thing. Conditions that solely, disproportionately, or differently affect women. And they go through to, re, to, to cite a whole bunch of conditions. And that's where, Kate, where you were talking about the medical situation, is that women's situations have not been considered solely. It's getting better within medical research. Oh, by the way, one reason that women were neglected sometimes is because the with um, drugs and stuff like that, testing drugs on women, it was because of the, the potentiality of being pregnant and protecting mm-hmm. a pregnancy. So that was one thing that sort of s- slid it that direction, but it was a simplistic kind of a way of looking at it. But yeah. um, at any rate, it's, yeah, so Femtech and the, the offshoots of it, I, I think we can kind of tease away at those things, so. All right. And um, at this, uh, at NATS, uh, I'm going to wrap up with a pedagogical approach to how to work with singers in this demographic. And I only have a few minutes, but what, what I'm going to choose to focus on, there are two main topics. One is um, what we're now calling vocal cross training. And I, I've usually in my career, I've been very brave about approaching topics that nobody talks about. And I'm left a little awkward because I'm not speaking the academic language. And I decided to avoid that this time and take the easy way out. (laughs) And (laughs) rather than talk about how we hear chest voice, because teachers think they're working chest voice, but whatever that means, you know, volumes have been written, but stabilizing that bottom layer of the vocal fold and increasing its mass. Is not taught equally. A, a, can it be, or can it be? Because people hear differently. So I'm avoiding that topic, and I'm going to be talking about um, the second overlying concept, which can be co-joined with vocal cross training, which is therapeutic pacing. What does therapeutic pacing mean? And I'll be giving examples of that. If you look up vocal therapeutic pacing, you'll find it defined in speech language pathology as finding a balance between a type of voice use and vocal rest. But in singing, the pacing of the lesson means something else. And that's what I'm gonna be talking about. Uh, Because you're trying to give the brain a chance to groove a new neural pathway, especially if brain function has been disrupted. And so pacing becomes paramount in how the person can develop these new habits. That's great. Okay. You know, you, you made me think of two things. One, I, we supervised a graduate lecture recital a number of years ago that one of her colleagues did when she was still in school on on uh, female chest voice mm-hmm. um, that was that she was a subject for um, so mm-hmm. and one and one of the things that it encourages me is that by and large and I've talked to a few other colleagues of mine around the country the majority of our graduate students in recent years have been cisgendered women and in 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 graduate pedagogy programs and what it encourages me about is that you were talking about things that have been neglected well as as joanne since she happens to be married to ken would tell you um you know looking at women's acoustics has also been remarkably neglected and this is one of the reasons that we did our treble middle voice episode a year and a half ago and that we did our treble extremes episode this past year and that that we will, you know, that I believe that their generation will continue to further, I'm pointing at Sarah, everybody. (laughs) Um, This is an audio platform. I believe that their generation will continue to further that because that has also been an area where women have either not been given opportunity or or just from a research standpoint has just been remarkably neglected. Um, and, uh, you know, I look forward to, uh, you know, doing my part in that, but they're going to, they're going to take it. I, I, I'm just, that's you know, exciting. I'm, I'm just some old bald guy. Um, <laughs> no, far from that. And that's very, very exciting. And, and since, you know, chest, what registration mode one, whatever you're calling it is both a source and a filter activity. Sure. The way you train it, the way you hear it 
becomes a, a functional listening becomes so important and sure. how how do we train that and how That's do right. we as teachers impart that to someone else and i just want to say on this one of my students allison crockett just became a member of the voice faculty of the ccm graduate school at shenandoah and she called me recently and she said why is no one so far learned how to use their chest voice (laughs) this was a topic and she said and why did i as an r&b and gospel singer have to learn about chest voice from two white women Interesting. I thought that was very, very interesting. And I have no answers to that, but that was her perspective. That's one person's perspective. Yeah. And she she is she is a musician with an incredible use of her voice. Mm-hmm. Um and so that is a topic for vocal health. And when we talk about vocal cross training for singing meeting that chest voice along with the rest of the instrument and how you exercise that is very key Mm -hmm. absolutely um we're gonna have to go here in just a minute um but the discount code nancy sent the discount code for the conference which is vfvip correct Yep, Vocal Fry VIP. Oh, oh there you go, Vocal Fam. Yeah. Come on. Um, which gives you 25% off the registration, and this is a lineup you don't want to miss. So I highly yeah. recommend cel- uh, CelebrateSinging.live. Um, check that out. Uh, SingingThroughChange.com. Check that out. Go get the book. Go to the conference next week. I'll be on our my daughter's final travel dance travel weekend of the year so i will not be able to join you all but i'm sure it will be absolutely fantastic and the conference this summer and then we will well. see you all in chicago mm-hmm. yay yay um so if you've not yet registered for Nance national vocal fam you should do that um and see all the, these wonderful people in chicago come see chicago it's beautiful in the summertime so yeah can't wait Thank you very much. Thank you so much, both of you. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you all for joining us. Our pleasure to have you all. Mm -hmm. We had kind of a false start this spring in that for three months, my life was such a wreck. We didn't have many guests on. Um, and uh, But uh, now we've had back-to-back weeks. We have another guest episode next weekend, mm-hmm. and then one the weekend after that. Not No, not the weekend no. after that, two weeks after that. So we're kind of rounding out Season 5 here with, uh, with a Wonderful with some people. Really season great, 5. Great people. Wow, congratulations. See, right. We are just about to conclude Season 5 of this podcast. Yes, uh, it's... Uh, it's kind of unbelievable. Next, we think that if we time it right, our Christmas, we always do a Christmas special, our Christmas Vocal Fry of 2022 will be our 200th episode. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. Which, I don't know how, Sarah, we've been doing this podcast that I long. don't either. <laughs> anyway, all right, Vocal Fam, thank you, Joanne, Nancy, yes. Kate. Thank you all so much. Y'all are wonderful. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, right. oh, before I forget, Sarah, what'd you have for breakfast? Oh, you're going to make fun of me more than normal. I had avocado toast. And oh, it was so really millennial. good. So I millennial. I put little cherry tomatoes on it and balsamic oh, vinegar, and it was delicious. God. I love that. I, I eat that. Yeah. It was delicious. Okay, everyone approves. Everyone ah, approves. I wouldn't approve. Okay, all right. All right, vocal fam, we're out. Peace. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye now.